The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Amplifier Advisors, LLC, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jonathan Aberman. Welcome to What's Working in Washington Extra. Today's show is about debt, in particular consumer debt. Many of our listeners care about this issue either because they have a significant amount of debt that they have to pay for or because they're wondering if the current economic cycle can be supported by consumers in continuing to take on more and more debt. One thing is for sure, it's an issue that we should be talking about more as a community and as a society. We're going to talk about it today with three experts. Here in the studio with me is Bruce McClary. He's the Vice President of Communications for the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Bruce, good to have you here. Nice to be here. Rebecca Steele is also from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. She's their president and chief executive officer, Rebecca. Good morning. And Richard Levick, who helped put this panel together, founder and CEO of Levick. Jonathan, good to see you. Well, always appreciate an opportunity to talk with experts about important issues that affect all of us trying to get things done here in D.C. So let's get into it. Let's explore what are some of the factors that have led to the, the growing consumer debt level. I think it's over $1 trillion now. What's been the main catalyst for this borrowing? Should we be worried about it? What do you guys think? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that's top of mind for me is, you know, we're coming out of the holiday season, and I was looking at some of the statistics of how much debt people added to their already uh, uh, significant debt load over the holiday season. The average American consumer added $1,300 in debt uh, to their existing debt load during the holidays. So that debt, if you make minimum payments to pay off that debt, assuming it's credit card debt being charged at the average interest rate of 18%, that takes that could take us six years of time to pay off that debt, uh, given that amount of money. And then there's one in ten that are still carrying debt from the 2018 holiday season, but that's a small piece of the of the puzzle. So there's a lot of there are a lot of other factors that are also influencing the current debt levels. We've got a significant lack of savings uh, in this country. Uh, we've seen all the reports about the $400 threshold. Uh, a significant portion of Americans not having at least $400 to cover an emergency expense. So where are they turning? Of course, they're turning to debt, uh, the available uh, lines of credit that they have. They're turning to borrowing uh, to fill that gap. So that's another area of concern as well that's leading to this uh, significant amount of debt that we have in this country. And it's actually $1.5 trillion of unsecured debt right now wow. in this country, which is really going toe-to-toe with some other uh, significant uh, areas of debt like student loan debt and auto loans and other things like that. So you think about the fact that $1.5 trillion is unsecured debt. Unsecured debt comes at a higher cost of borrowing than some of the uh, collateralized loans and student loans and other types of credit. So that's another problem as well. The, the money that people are borrowing in these situations is coming at a higher price. And I, I'd just like to add to that because Bruce is exactly right, that it's hard to get out of debt. That is one of the major problems that we have. There are less choices for workouts and settlements and move your balances from card to card. That is very, very difficult. The other fact is that many consumers have more than five credit cards, and they're switching between these credit cards to make ends meet. This is a huge problem. 
So it makes it more complicated. It's not just about calling your credit card company and, and renegotiating the balance. It's really about now you have five major creditors to call and to try to work out this balances. And it's hard to get a hold of those credit card companies. Um, and there's a lot of predatory options out there, which are really bad and destructive for people, too. So when there's cash in debt, you know, predators come out of the woodwork. So you have to be very, very careful. And I kind of call it the wild, wild west of debt. You know, you can't shop. You can't do it yourself. So where do you turn? So there's fewer options than we need today. And that's one of the reasons why nonprofit credit counseling is really important step to learn and educate and understand budgeting because it's not the super prime and the prime it's really subprime and subprime's growing and we remember the housing crisis just 10 years ago seems for me like it was yesterday that nine percent of the market in housing caused that destruction in the housing market and in our economy mm -hmm. and we're headed toward a 1.5 trillion in growing unsecured debt which could trigger another recession. You've got the $1.5 trillion in consumer debt. You've got trillions and trillions of dollars of government debt that's trading below inflation interest. People are actually paying governments to take their money right now. Corporate debt's probably, in many cases, below real interest rates as well. seems like there's debt everywhere. Richard, um, clearly we've got uh, some consumer things to talk about today, but is this a, a global issue, a bigger issue? Well, I think it's both. You're right. First of all, debt is a fairly new instrument. You know, you think post-World War II, the GI bills, student loans, the whole concept of mortgages. This is this is fairly new for just a couple of generations. And we've gone from it being a rather new tool, one in which initially shame was involved if you were to have this debt, to where everyone, almost everyone, expects to have debt. We've seen movies, OPM, other people's money. Uh, and yet there's always been this sense of sort of an unlocal parentis, a parent there that will somehow come in and reach in and save us. And we see the federal government doing that. We see uh, consumers doing that, that we think that if we, you know, we get the fifth credit card, the sixth credit card, that somehow this will all salvage itself at, uh, at some point. There are two last points that I want to make. One, the George Will column uh, last year in which he talked about the fact that the federal government never engaged in debt unless it was to do something for the future. Roads, bridges, the national defense, the federal government no longer feels that way. And then on a personal level, Rebecca, you raised the issue of predatory lending and that has an ominous sound to it. What do you mean by that? That really means that there are people out there and companies out there. Let's like take fintech, for example. Fintech's a really popular growth area for companies out there lending money. Um, it's easy to lend money today at high interest rates, at high fee costs. You really have to know how to shop and how to understand those particular programs. So predatory is where somebody's being charged more than they should if they were able to really shop and understand their options and higher fee charges for lower credit. So really understanding how to get the right credit in order to access money and loans and personal loans and other things. Um, it's a very, very complex ecosystem out there today it is very for complex. And I want to help our listeners out for a moment and just uh, take a step back. What we're talking about, there are two different issues here. One is debt from a standpoint of you borrow a sum of money which you repay. 
sometime in the future. That amount is fixed. The variable part is the interest, the rental that you pay for the money, and that should be associated with uh, your risk, the riskiness of the borrower. You know, hypothetically, the, the more risk that somebody won't repay, the more interest can be charged, 18, 20, 25 percent, 6 percent, whatever. It sounds to me that what we have right now is we've got the systemic issue, Richard, which is there's borrowing going on everywhere to finance future current demand with future borrowing. We're, we're no longer borrowing to build bridges. We're now borrowing to make payroll in, in a way, which is a systemic thing. But bringing it down to consumers, Rebecca, the predatory point, money in a free market economy has a cost. Are you saying that that what's happening now is people are paying more than they should be fairly because they're being preyed upon? Is that what's going on? Well, I would say n- generally not. Um, I would say that interest rates today, you know, on a typical credit card are going to run anywhere from 20% to 30%. That's an average. Which means that you're effectively paying a third a year on the money. Yeah. So if I borrow $1,000, I'm spending, I'm paying back $300 just to stay even. Right. And if you can't pay off the full balance, understanding the impact of that interest payment on your budget is really where people aren't thinking right now and they're not planning for that. And that's why they're paying minimum. So if you pay a minimum uh, amount, you will never pay off your credit card. So really understanding the math behind that and having you know someone maybe help you understand what that payment is, is really important. But predatory, more generally, I think is, um, I liken it to a zip code. So if you know a zip code of a consumer in the United States today, you know a lot about them. You know where they live, number one, easy. But you also know their FICO score. You know their medical situation. You probably know their education. Um, This is called segregation. And in today's economy, it's very much segregated by zip codes. So what does that mean? That means that it's easy to prey upon people in certain areas uh, that have lower credit, that may be stressed with any kind of financial crisis or life event. Mm. Um, And that really enables predatory lending and predatory uh, moves like payday lending. It's almost like reverse blue lining. It absolutely is. Bruce, uh, you're all in the middle of this, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. So let's take it from the standpoint of, from a consumer standpoint, what do we need to do to to arm consumers so they can better handle themselves in this kind of situation? Well, I think I think one of the things that's important to do in terms of getting the right information in front of consumers is to protect them from some of the more dangerous choices in getting out of debt and offer uh, safe and responsible alternatives to those. Uh, we talk about the landscape of debt relief uh, uh, opportunities for people, and we see the ads on TV. We mm. see the we listen to the ads on the radio, uh, constantly uh, promising things uh, like uh, settlement of debt for more than uh, for, for for pennies on the dollar for more than fifty percent. You know, turn to these companies to get out of debt and and just walk away from it. Let us handle it. Uh, those a lot of those offers are are dangerous. Uh, there are warnings out there from the FTC, from the CFPB. Uh, the BBB has miles of complaints about these uh, these debt relief companies that are out there that are that are essentially what they're doing is is can be described as as being just as predatory as what some of these uh, lenders that we were just talking about earlier were doing. So I think one of the things that uh, that needs to be done is to protect consumers and let them know. This is the danger area over here. There are safer alternatives. Here's what you should be doing to responsibly manage your debt. Here are some alternatives to help you get out of debt that are not as dangerous. Uh, a lot of the uh, 
debt relief companies, the for-profit debt relief companies, what they're doing is they're telling people that they'll settle the debt. But what they don't tell people about is what that involves. A lot of times that involves forced delinquency, putting people who are not seriously delinquent into a state of serious delinquency in order to negotiate. And that that's like dropping a nuclear bomb on somebody's credit health. Right. Uh, it just makes it so much worse. And in the event that they're not able to successfully negotiate, what is that person to do? Because now they've destroyed their credit in order for the chance to have a negotiated settlement. And then a lot of these settlement companies uh, with low success rates are coming back and saying, well, you know, gee, we're sorry we couldn't negotiate this uh, settlement for you. You're left on your own now. And by that time, the creditor is probably suing them uh, for the balance that they owe. So the really dangerous uh, uh, avenues that people can go down to try to resolve their debt out there. Well, when we come back with the break. This is important. I want to uh, turn our attention to giving our listeners some hints about how to address this, because I bet that a lot of the people listening have these issues they're dealing with right now. We're here mm-hmm. talking about debt with Bruce McClary, Rebecca Steele, Richard Levick. We'll be right back. Thank you to our sponsor, the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn about how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. is what's working in Washington, talking about consumer debt. I'm here with Bruce McClary and Rebecca Steele, both from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, and Richard Levick, founder and CEO of Levick. Did a good, uh, we set the table very well for talking about the problem. I know a lot of our listeners are now paying close attention because they're thinking, oh my God, that's me. Richard and uh, Rebecca, let's help our listeners. Let's give them some guidance for how to cut through the noise and actually get, get the help or get a plan so they can deal with this challenge. Yeah, I think one of the first things we really want to talk about is taking that first step. It's really important not to be afraid to take the first step and understand where to go for that. So maybe, Richard, I'll ask you around the psyche of the consumer and what they need to do to get past the fear of taking that first step. What do you think? Well, you know, first of all, we talk about shame and then we move past it as if the word, simply mentioning the word is enough to understand its power. It's sort of like describing to a Martian what love is by simply giving them the dictionary definition. It's great power. You talked earlier in the episode today about what happens during the holidays, people taking on about $1,300 on average in additional debt. Why? Because everywhere you turn is buy, buy, buy. The kids come home and they want something and you want to show your love. So this is this shame cycle is inculcated in everything that we do. Uh, But then when it happens to you personally, you don't see yourself as someone in debt. I can work my way out of this. It takes a long time to understand that you need help. And 
The fear is when you're there, it's sleeplessness because it's not just, well, how am I going to pay this credit card? When the dishwasher breaks or a flat tire, it is a life-altering experience. And someone who has never carried debt, never been in that downward cycle, has no idea the kind of emotional pressure that that puts on. So when you have that, then you're inundated with these commercials which say, you know, uh, the predatory lenders, uh, and you think, oh, here's the easy 800 solution, and that's the exact opposite direction you need to go. Well, I think in terms also, you talked about the shame of debt. One of the things that drives people into the hands of these predatory lenders is the fact that they are they don't want to go to a lender that's going to give them a rejection, or they don't want the possibility of rejection, so they go where there's the easy yes. And they see that in these predatory lenders. Don't worry about your credit score. Don't worry about your income. Come to us. We'll give you the loan, and we'll make it fit your budget. So it sounds to me, first of all, we should acknowledge that the best way not to get yourself over your skis with respect to debt is to treat debt as any spending. And and mm-hmm. the hard fact is you don't have enough money. You may not have enough money, and that stinks, but borrowing doesn't mean you have more money. Borrowing just means that you hope to have more money in the future. So there's an educational aspect to this week as well. But once the horse has left the barn, you're in the situation, got to get over the shame. It sounds almost like an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I have an addiction, but I've, I've acknowledged the problem. John, we're going to do a, a separate show on that, that later. No, well, no, so. We will never do that show. I'll do that on your podcast so <laughs> right. everybody's listening. But more to the point, when I've reached that moment, how do I not fall into this trap? Do I look, guys? Do I go to the National Foundation for Credit Counseling website of their approved providers? I mean, how do I make sure that I've got somebody help me work this problem so that I can make my situation better, not worse? I think well, visiting the NFCC website is a great start. Uh, people that go to nfcc.org, they can find a counselor who can talk to them, who can work through the situation in a way that's not judgmental. They're not going to be uh, further shamed about their debt. Uh, they're going to learn more about their present situation, and they're going to realize that there might be options that they hadn't considered. It's like being in the fog of war. There's the shame, but there's also all the stress and the and the and the fear that comes with carrying certain debt loads. So, what's the indicia so, of a provider that I can trust? What am I looking for? There's somebody who I can trust to help me. What are they going to do for me? That's going to it's going to signal that they're not taking advantage of me. Well, they're going to give you financial advice before uh, dipping into your pocket is one thing. They're going to they're going to sit down with you. They're going to add, good, conduct a thorough review of your budget. They're going to ask you questions. They're going to give you advice that you can uh, – uh, for things that you can do on your own. And there uh, are red flags too. So yeah. let's not forget those. The red flags would include um, asking for money up front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should not happen. Asking for them to stop making payments altogether. Yeah. That should not happen. Um, also, making sure that that's not a high-pressure sales piece. You want to be able to think about what the options are. You want to be able to talk to someone who's willing to take the time with you. You want to have some options around how to put a budget together. Those things take time and patience, so don't rush. The key, I think, mm-hmm. underpinning this is is that there are people, there are groups that are not-for-profits that exist in this country where people will take the time to help individuals without reaching into their pocket or trying to sell them something. And that's that's what we're really getting at. If you don't have an accountant or an uncle or somebody who is financially adept, you can find an objective person if you use the Internet properly and are careful about these red flags. Yeah, that's, that's what nonprofit credit counseling is all about. 
Uh, and and just as Rebecca mentioned, you definitely want to stay away from the uh, the ones that are going to be asking you for fees up front uh, to and promising things that um, necessarily don't uh, you know that you can't do that they can't successfully do for you on your behalf that leave you in a worse situation. But the the main thing is uh, just to be um, to be getting advice from a nonprofit credit counseling agency. It just means that you're getting an action plan that fits your unique situation, that you've spent time with a financial professional who's not looking out for their own interests, but they're advocating on your behalf. And it gives you a safe space to talk about your debt without the cloud of shame. It gives you a safe space to identify solutions. And it gives you a pathway out of debt uh, that is realistic based on your uh, capability and your capacity uh, to, com- to complete a, a particular option. And, and by the way, in addition to that, I think it's really important that credit counselors are free. So somebody's yeah. already in a bad shape with their debt. Um, they need to talk to someone that will be patient and then will not charge them for that upfront and really set them on a pathway to success. And the other thing to keep in mind is success is sort of like a New Year's resolution. You have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't uh, take it you know, just for January. This takes months and months to get out of debt and you have to be patient and have someone there along beside you to help you with that stress. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of these programs that uh, that are offered by the debt settlement companies they're for they're only things that are short-term solutions if they even work. And the difference there is that you find a person who goes to a debt settlement uh, company, they may end up exactly back in the exact same circumstances after they go through that. Because what was missing from that was the financial education piece, was the counseling piece, was the advocacy uh, to help ensure that the person uh, is better prepared to avoid uh, falling into circumstances like that again in the, the future. The key here is that taking on large and large amounts of consumer debt is not a story that ends well because the bankruptcy no. laws aren't structured to allow you to walk away. The financial system and credit reporting is not designed to allow you to walk away. So. If you take on this debt, at some point you have to manage it down. Otherwise, you're penalized. Society, Richard, I know you've, you've been edging towards the microphone for a little while now. Well, probably since the 60s. But, you know, <laughs> uh, a couple of thoughts here. One, Rebecca said something so critically important, which is when you need help, you shouldn't be charged for it. And the NFCC is there and its chapters all over the country locally to help you. And they really are a godsend, if you'll forgive it. It's the you know it's the Church of the Financial Redeemer because um, <laughs> they're available to help, and you should be able to find someone, whether it's the NFCC or someone else, who's not making money off of your situation. The question I have for the, the folks from the NFCC uh, is. What should the banks be doing to help or what can they do? You know, the banks want to give credit cards. They want people to pay over time. They don't want the predatory uh, counselors involved because it doesn't end well for their customers and it costs them more. So what can the banks be doing to help help you and help their customers? Well, that's a great question (laughs) and something that we think about every single day because the banks – need to be partners with the NFCC. We have since 1951 worked closely with the banks, but there's an important point here that we're not working for the banks. We are working for consumers, helping them get out of debt, being advocates for them. But the banks have a critical position here where we need their cooperation, we need their insight, 
their intellect, their help, and they're pushing toward producing ways that consumers can get out of debt when there are life events or when they're struggling with those payments. And I will tell you, lots of banks are working with us. So if you're a consumer and you're in debt, you should not be afraid to call the NFCC or go online and email us. We'll get right back to you immediately um, because we are going to work with your bank to make sure that you get taken care of. Bruce, anything else on that? Yeah, no, I think you said it exactly the way uh, the way it is. I mean, the, I think the banks are the banks are already taking a leadership position in many ways to support NFCC. There's much more work to be done, and I think there's a lot of room for the banks to come along in that journey and helping uh, protect consumers to find safer solutions for them to get out of debt. The important point for all of us listening and here in the studio today is that debt is something that can be a great tool, but can also be a, a great challenge. It could also be your undoing. It's a tool that should be used carefully. And the good news is there are rules for helping you manage if you have gotten over your head and take advantage of the resources like the National Foundation for Credit Counseling to solve these problems. It's great having you on the studio today. This is an important issue. Richard Levick, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Bruce McClary, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Rebecca Steele, your colleague from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. It's great to have you as well. Great. Thank you. believe there's such a need for authentic information that's positive and useful. You know, there are many, many people here in the D.C. region who get up every day and just get after creating new things and are committed to making our community better. My producer, Tracy Madigan, and I speak with people every day that tell us amazing stories of that they want to share about the progress they're making, the things that they care about, and why they're proud to be part of the greater Washington community. You're going to meet many of them on this show. That's what working in Washington really means to us. Now more than ever, I feel that a positive voice is needed in our society, our communities. We need to make sure that we reach each other and we work together. And we'll do our best to make sure that we're genuine and every show provides you with useful insights. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, and our web writer is B. Aldrich. Music provided by two local bands, The Sunbathers, and my own band, Two Car Living Room. A special shout out to Marymount University School of Business and Technology. I'm the dean there now, and we are working hard to help our students master business and technology so it doesn't master them. Check us out at marymount.edu. And of course, thanks to Active Navigation, Sarefloor Shaw, and the Greater Washington Board of Trade provide the financial support to make this show possible. If you have a story idea, don't forget to tweet us at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for joining us.
You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at 2.30 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. 